It's time for the show that scours the globe for news that interests you. We've scoured a few other planets, too. Didn't find much. Coming to you almost live from their command center just beneath the Earth's crust, here's Jeremy Bray and Wesley Faulkner with Global Geek News. Welcome to the Global Geek News Podcast, the show that tries to answer just the question, just what the heck is going on in the media, entertainment, and technology worlds. As always, I am your host, Jeremy Bray, better known to most everybody on the internet as PCNerd37, and on the other end of Skype is my co-host, Wesley Faulkner. How's it going, Wesley? Uh, a little to the left, actually. Oh, well, that's good. It's going a little to the right here, so. <laughs> yeah, ha- having a good week so far? Uh, weeks just started, um, juggling a lot of things, but no major gripes here. You know, just keep on keeping on. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, things have been a little hectic over here, homework, work, um, exterminator coming over, all kinds of stuff. So, so far this week, it's only Tuesday, but it's been a little bit on the hectic side. That's why we didn't record last night and release today like usual. But this is episode, what is it, 83? Yeah, 83. Yep. My lucky number? Yeah. My lucky number is 37, so we've long passed that. <laughs> we have a long way to go till we hit the next 37. But anyway, this is episode 83 of the Global Geek News Podcast, and of course you can find all of our stories that we talk about, just so you can get all of the details, maybe some extra links and stuff, in the show notes at globalgeeknews.com as well as that's where you'll find our online store and a number of other posts that I've been posting lately, including I earlier today I posted a picture of a Futurama wedding cake. I don't know. Something like that I, I would definitely like for my own wedding someday, although at the same time it almost feels a little bit plain in parts of it. Pretty cool, though, for Futurama fans. Does it get canceled and brought back? <laughs> Maybe, I'm not sure. But I don't know, the Fry character on the top doesn't look very good, or I'm guessing that's maybe just because of the um, camera angle, but otherwise it looks really good. But you know, there's And of course there's the Tips of the Week post that I post every Friday, which this past week had things for repairing and re- replacing... Like hard drives and CD drives and laptops, fixing fixing screens on laptops, upgrading RAM, um, some links to some programming ebooks. Of course, there's there seems lately there seems to be a ton of stuff for Android. So there's of course a ton of stuff for Android, like how to use a real keyboard with your Android device, um, testing or some of the best photography apps for Android and the iPhone, and Removing, deleting, merging duplicate contacts on Android, having a firewall for your Android phone, which I'm not sure how necessary that really is, but all kinds of other different things, whether you're a Mac user, a PC user, an Android user, an iPhone user, 
there's all kinds of stuff. It's pretty much everything for everybody. Also, one of the nice little things that I found in there is if you have a .edu email address and you have a Dropbox account, apparently for every person that you refer to Dropbox, you get a free 500 megabytes of storage there. Nice. Seems like a pretty nice little deal there. But that's just some of the stuff that you can find in there. There's all kinds of other stuff, iTunes, you name it, there's stuff in there. And, of course, I also posted the uh, video clip from last week's Big Bang Theory where Steve Wozniak was on the show. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would be interested in seeing that it, that if they didn't see the show. And the only other two items of note were the iPhone 4 bumper program ended last week, and Microsoft has released its Windows Live Essentials 2011 bundle or suite, I guess they're wanting to call it, which includes things like Windows Live Messenger, Movie Maker, Writer, which is like an offline blogging tool, which from what I've used of it is really nice, but I depend on certain plug um, WordPress plugins and stuff as to where I can't use it myself, unfortunately. Um, there's also a new version of Mail, Photo Gallery, Family Safety, Live Mesh, the Office add-in, latest version of Silverlight, and more. So if you use any of those products, now is the time to update. And I've used the um, new version of Windows Live Messenger for a while. Can't say I care for it. I mean, if you go back to the classic view as to where it's just like everything you've... just like the same Messenger that you've used for the past, oh, I don't know, decade or whatever, then it's great some nice little new features, emoticons, stuff like that. But if you use the new social view or whatever it's called, it just gives you a whole bunch of MSN content that I really, that personally I find distracting and it kind of shoves the chat stuff off to the side as to where it just kind of becomes more about news and weather and what's going on with celebrities and sports and all kinds of stuff like that. But And there's all kinds of new social components for Basically, the, all the kind of social stuff that you maybe see in Hotmail as far as your friends' activity and stuff, it'll now show up in there. But anyway, that, that's just a little bit about that. I did a write-up on the beta several months ago, so you can always go back and look at that if you're interested and if you're not sure if you want to download yet. But like I said, the classic view is basically the same thing you've always used. But anyway, I guess we can go ahead and start jumping right into the stories, because of course we still have all of our normal amount of stories. So starting with Plane Finder phone app called an aid to terrorism, even though it's just using public data. Yeah, what it does is it allows you to use augmented reality to point your phone in the sky, uh, put a plane in the, in the viewfinder and be able to read off information about it, like the altitude, speed, direction, that kind of stuff. Um, people are afraid that now that they can see where the plane is going, that they can now shoot it down, which I think is weird because if you're going to shoot down a plane, uh, I think you, you could do that without a phone. Yeah. Well, apparently there's a $200 receiver that can basically already take these broadcasts, which apparently this takes the automatic dependent surveillance broadcast, which is apparently something on pretty much most aircraft these days, 
and yeah. can read the messages and tell you all this different information, altitude, speed, stuff like that. But apparently this is just basically a much cheaper version of doing it. So if a terrorist really wanted to take down the plane, I really don't think that this is going to be much of an issue. I mean, whether they're going to pay, oh, I don't know what, what the app costs. I didn't look. $2 or whatever compared to $200. I really don't think that's going to matter much to them. Also, I don't think you need the app to shoot down a plane. If you're going to shoot down a plane, I don't see why you would need the app. You just take your rocket launcher and point it at the plane. <laughs> yeah, I don't see. I don't see what the app gives you that they that they need. Um, if you're looking for, hey, I want to only get 747s. I mean, visually, it's easy to see a 747 mm-hmm. as opposed to, let's say, a regional jet. Uh, if you want to shoot it down. Yeah. Well, this is kind of one of the things I've always been interested in, is I've always been like out and about during the day and wonder, hmm, where is that plane going, I wonder? Well, now I can find out where it's going. Yeah, exactly, which is also good. Um, sometimes I've uh, been waiting for a friend's plane to come in. It'd be nice if I could just uh, try to see if I can see it with the phone and read the details of it and see if it is my friend's plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see just how well this works. I kind of want to play with it. Apparently, there's only so far it's only sold about 2,000 units on iTunes and less than 500 on Android. Yeah. But I don't know. With all of this press that it's getting for this whole aid to terrorism thing, I'm guessing those numbers are going to probably go through the roof. I've seen early versions of it, the alpha versions, and it works fairly well. Um, I'm I'm rather impressed in how um, how it can actually lock in on those planes. Hmm. Yeah, that kind of stuff has always interested me as far as um, being able to detect what it is you're actually looking at and then display relevant information and stuff like that. I've always kind of wondered how that works. But yeah, that'll be. I think I may have to download that application and try it. Although I'm kind of with all of this terrorism hoopla, I almost kind of wonder if I really want to do that just because I don't want to end up on a no-fly list or something. Oh come on! And <laughs> <laughs> eh, for all I've said, if they, I guess if they haven't put me on one by now, I guess they probably won't. Yeah, exactly. I think you're safe. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that are safe. Apparently the PCs aren't really all that safe from the iPad, because apparently 13% of iPads are cannibalizing PC sales. Um, they use the word cannibalizing, but I don't think so exactly. Um, the, 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 the market's changed. The way the people have been holding off on replacing. Um, cannibalizing implies that uh, it's hurting sales. Um, but there's still plenty of sales that are there that uh, if you look at the overall uh, portable markets, there's plenty of sales there. Yeah, well, it's saying that 13% of iPad buyers decided to pick an iPad over a computer, presumably a netbook, because that's basically kind of the same market that they're going after. So, I don't know, they've, I think it's like the Best Buy CEO has said, Oh, there's been like a 50% dip in netbook sales or something like that due to the iPad and whatever. So, I don't know. The, the, these numbers are a lot lower than I was expecting. Yeah, but 
think about it. If people who buy an iPad, what what do they want to do with it? Some of them want to get online and surf the web, or um, and, and that makes sense. What what other device are you going to use if you're not using an iPad to surf the web? You're going to use a computer, so they would buy that instead of a computer. Some people want to read books, play games, uh, so it makes sense for them to use the iPad. Um, so so. Of course, they're using it to instead of buying a computer, but that's because they want an alternative. They, um, if there were iPads previously, they would they would just not buy iPads. Um, sorry, they wouldn't just buy computers there either. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see when some other tablets come out. Um, I know, of course, last week BlackBerry announced their Playbook. And I've seen conflicting stories over the past couple of days about whether Microsoft will have any Windows-based tablets out this year. I saw one report saying, no, they won't be out until next year. Then I saw another one saying, Balmer says they will be out by Christmas, so I'm not sure. Given the fact that we haven't seen anything yet, I'm kind of doubting the Christmas date, but I don't know. Well, they don't control their own destiny, destiny in that in, in right. that regard, so it's not up to them. Well, and the article also kind of made it sound like, well, Windows 7 will kind of halfway get you there, but we're going to really make Windows 8 all around the whole tablet experience so things will be a lot better there. It's like, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's okay. a ways away. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, you haven't even announced Windows 8 yet. Why would I want to wait... I don't know, what, another year, two years or whatever before it comes out? I, I don't know. I, I think I saw early estimates were saying that um, Windows 8 was supposed to come out at the end of 2011, I think. Oh, better not. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I have this feeling that they're probably going to announce it at PDC here this month up in Redmond. And then I would think maybe like a beta and stuff would follow probably not too horribly long after that, and then, of course, your release candidates and stuff, and then maybe have it out around the October, November time period of next year. That That's just my guess. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, because uh, Canonical, not too long ago, released uh, Ubuntu 10.10, and so the, uh, with, with touch features. Actually, it's just a release candidate that's out. 10.10 is supposed to come out on Sunday. Yeah, so it's almost going to be out. So it's going to be a very crowded market by the time, uh, uh, especially when we're talking about all the mobile o- OSs coming up into the tablet space. Um, it's going to be a very crowded market before Windows can come down into that space. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to the new version of Kubuntu. I've never been an Ubuntu fan, as I can't stand GNOME, but I. I'm always I've always been a big KDE fan, so I, I'm really looking forward to the new version of Kubuntu. Which that'll give me something new and fun to install on my at least on my netbook or something like that come this weekend. Hmm. But anyway, um, back to the story. One of oh, yeah. one of the things that kind of surprised me is they were saying that supposedly they're even more cannibalizing sales of the Kindle, the Nook, and other narrow purpose devices, which. They're saying by about like 24%, which I don't know. That doesn't seem quite right to me just based on um, thing, other studies or surveys or whatever that I've seen. 
in terms of how many books people read on their iPad and stuff like that. As to where it seems like for most people, books isn't the purpose of the iPad. So to say that it's really cannibalizing those sales, like it's hard to say that it's really cannibalizing those sales, especially considering the fact that Kindle sales, last I heard, are still wonderful, although we still have no numbers. But to say that it's <laughs> um, eating up 24% of their sales, I don't see it. Also, uh, the markets are so new, um, it's hard to tell trends. Mm-hmm. We're talking about cannibalizing sales because we don't have, what, 20 years of steady growth and then the introduction of a new product and then pointing directly to the iPad. Uh, so, so, so the numbers are still suspect and, and saying basically cause and effect, saying this is why sales are down. So, um, once again, I, I just think this is kind of flimsy, um, and I think sales are good generally, and I don't know if the if usually the iPad will be someone who is not using it to replace a computer, it's a computer companion. No one is going to say, hey, you know what, I just stopped using my computer completely, I just use the iPad. Yeah, see, I would probably give up at least one of my netbooks for the iPad. Possibly both of them, just because, I don't know, the one I got from Microsoft is nice. Right, but you wouldn't get rid of all your computers. Right. No, I I have to have a physical keyboard for some stuff. I I can't even imagine trying to blog on a touch screen. That would just drive me nuts. But much less doing anything else and... And the lack of flash would probably kill me too. But yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't trust these numbers at all. Normally, I trust the numbers that I hear from the NPD, but not these. Mm-hmm. Same here. Uh, well, I, I think these are just numbers to to get a headline. These are very interesting, but uh, it, you know, lies, damn lies, statistics. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of interesting numbers that grab headlines came across a story this past week saying that Adidas has dumped a $10 million iAd campaign because Steve Jobs is a control freak. Yeah, this is a very interesting story and also could uh, be a warning to other advertisers who want to use iAds. Yeah, apparently this, they're the second major company to pull out a major campaign like this. Apparently Chanel withdrew for some unknown reasons, although from the sounds of it, it's basically the same thing. Because apparently Apple or Steve Jobs or whatever is real picky about, like, the design of the ad. Oh, excuse me. Like, the design of the ads and everything. So, I don't know. I I think when you're losing $10 million accounts, I would say it's time to loosen up the reins a little bit. Yeah, that's one thing about ad platforms. It's hard to control the creative from another company, especially when they're paying you for the service. Uh, This is a little overstepping. Um, When you lose a sale or two to a consumer, that's a couple hundred dollars. But in one swell swoop, uh, $10 million, that's that's a big chunk of cash. Yeah. Well, it also gives you kind of a little bit of perspective about how much companies like Adidas are willing to put into platforms like iOS in terms of ads, because that's quite the little marketing budget there just for one platform. Uh, Well, yeah, but you're reaching a a lot of users, and 
um, people who are probably a little bit well off. So it's it's a targeted ten million. So it's not just a general ten million. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't think you can get all that good of marketing information if you're just pumping out these ads to all iOS devices. You can't really get. I don't think you can really get targeted ads as far as whether you're targeting male or female, older, younger, stuff like that. But they generally um, have money enough to buy an iPhone and have a data plan. <laughs> yeah. True, although I've seen a lot of people that don't have much money and still have an iPhone just because they want to be cool or whatever. Right, and those kind of people might spend extra money just to look cool with Adidas shoes. Yeah, I don't equate Adidas with cool. Oh, so... run, run DMC? No. No? Okay. <laughs> yeah. What can I say? I'm a New Balance guy. That Those are the only shoes I care for. You're also not an iPhone guy. No, I'm an Android person. Yep, yep. See? That's all. Yeah. Not your demo. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm kind of curious to know if Adidas takes their 10 million marketing dollars over to Android or Windows Phone 7 now. But I don't know. Well, it, it's it's could have been money that's been allocated elsewhere by now, used for their own branding campaigns. It could be. It also could be like that. Could be just an excuse that they're giving the press. Mm-hmm. It could be some other reason. Well, um, one of the things here too is with all of the developer rules that we've had in the past that have that a lot of them have recently been relaxed as to where they even allowed a BitTorrent application into the iPhone last, or into the iOS environment last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we never hear about the advertising side of things as far as what kind of terms and conditions they have. So, so this is kind of our first real look into how controlling they are over that end of stuff. So I'm yeah. wondering if they're really a control freak about it. I'm kind of curious to know if the EU is going to take another look at them after they dropped their investigations last week. Well, there's plenty of competitions, and iAds is, is uh, I mean, it's just one ad platform. So I think this is less of an issue for the EU and more because it's not consumer based. It's not protecting the consumer. Um, it's 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 not actually what they are doing is not anti-competitive. It's pro-competitive. So I don't think they have anything to worry about. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to see if we end up with more stories of these coming soon. But hope so, because they're entertaining. Yeah. But speaking of Apple losing money, apparently they've just lost a patent suit over CoverFlow, and now they owe $208.5 million in damages. Yes, apparently they lost to a company called Mirror Worlds. Um, about the, they have four different patents that they, that uh, deal with different technologies, and it looks like uh, they won, and they're going to get paid by Apple. Yeah, I I never understood the whole cover flow thing. Anyway, I I've never really found any use for it. I've never I've played with it a couple of times. It's like okay, I can flip between album art that in many cases isn't the right album art anyway. So why do I really want this? I, I don't know. I, I've never been a big cover flow person. Yeah, it's also kind of funny that that is kind of 
when CoverFlow came out, there were a lot of competitors that integrated it. I know Songbird had it, uh, which is a free music player. A lot of uh, Windows Presentation Foundation applications, WPF applications, mm-hmm. um, some of those use CoverFlow to kind of show off how cool they were. Uh, so it's more uh, sparkles and glitter and less uh, substance. Yeah, it's all eye candy stuff. But yeah, apparently these patents have to do with document streaming. So apparently it mostly affects cover flow and time machine. Mm-hmm. But of course all of this is going to be pending who knows how many appeals after this to see if Apple can come out on top. But right. as of right now, they have a $208.5 million bill to pay. Not including lawyer fees. And if they do lose and it sticks, I don't think Apple will be the last company they go after also. I'm kind of curious. Assuming they do end up losing this after appeals and everything, will they keep doing cover flow as to where they have to pay some kind of a royalties payment to this Mirror Worlds, or will they drop cover flow and move to something else? It all depends. If this goes on long enough, they might be able to get a settlement and write those into the terms. But if they if they lose, like they did uh, this time, then um, it's up to the company of whether or not they want to, if they'll be willing to license license it out. Um, if they have licensing terms for their patents, which most companies want anyway, they want some some recurring revenue, um, then I they'll probably pay it. Yeah. Well, speaking of recurring revenue from patents, apparently Microsoft is insisting on patent payments for all Android phones. Yeah, this is reminiscent reminiscent of the Linux suits that were out a few years ago, where Microsoft saying Linux uh, has uh, they're doing some patent patent infringement. Um, I forget the name of the Unix company. Oh, I was just thinking of it before the show. Yeah, the Unix company also tried to sue Linux because of Red Hat infringements. No, it wasn't Red Hat. No? No. Um. Oh. Uh, I'm not going to remember, but... Yeah, so this is nothing new. There's always a big patent cloud question mark when it comes to Android and even open source applications. I mean, Android's come over fire before already uh, about their open source Java that they implement uh, that most of their the, um, application code base is, is, is made on. Um, so these suits, it's better now than never, and uh, Motorola is probably um, is probably going to be in a better position to defend itself than any other company, especially when they have a lot of uh, phone patents to counter-sue if need be. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see just how this plays out because I mean Microsoft is suing um, HTC over these patent issues now Motorola well HTC they already licensed they already pay a suit Mm, Uh, they they settled down yeah yeah I'm kind of curious to see how long Motorola drags it out because I think Motorola has quite a few patents in the phone space yeah Yes, yeah, they've so, been in a long time, uh, and c- communications in general. Um, but and also, I think the reason why they're being attacked is because 
the droid series as being so successful. Um, I think they're actually more recognizable than HTC devices when you're talking about Android devices, specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think this is pretty much just a way of saying, oh, hey, we have pan- patents on pretty much everything, so if we can't be number one in the market with Windows Phone 7, which who knows how that's going to turn out, mm-hmm. since that's not supposed to um, release for a couple Next weeks week? yet or whatever. Monday. Monday, yeah. Um, since we don't know how that's going to turn out, it's like, well, we want money anyway, so just give us money. Yeah. Well, this also is good news for Motorola. That means they're back. <laughs> yeah. If they're, if they're good enough to be sued, uh, that means that they're, they're doing a good job on their comeback tour. Yeah. I'm, I don't care for my Motorola phone. I mean, my Android phone. I mean, it's okay, but the fact that Motorola has no plans to update it from Android 1.5 to 2.1, 2.2, whatever, mm-hmm. really irritates me. And of course, it's like the only Android phone with an IDEN that's on the IDEN network. And so the odds of there coming a custom ROM for it as to where I can move up to one of those newer operating systems is practically zero because that's a whole different... Um, uh, the whole the IDEN structure is completely different from like a CDMA GSM kind of thing, so nobody's gonna want to mess try and mess with that. So yeah, I, I'm not a real happy person. That that seems to have a lot of crashing issues, memory leaks, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, uh, hopefully, um, I mean IDEN's kind of a holdover. I, I don't know how many years it has left. To tell you the truth. Um, I'm guessing a couple, but probably not very many. I, I've heard things in the past year or two that Sprint is looking to sell off all of their IDEN stuff. So, I, I don't know. There, there, I, there's a lot of businesses that still depend on it. I think they've got like a couple million customers. So, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see just how that plays out. But, yeah, this is... An interesting issue with Microsoft and the Android phones. I'm not sure quite how this is going to play out. I've got a feeling that there's probably it's probably going to end up making Android have a small license fee when it's essentially been free all this time. Or uh, if it is a license fee, uh, Google might just pay it itself and just say, "Hey, let's let's buy a five-year license fee or whatever." Yeah. Uh, and then on the sidelines, start some open source projects to uh, work around any patent problems they might have. I find it interesting that they haven't actually gone straight after Google for all of this stuff. Or, well, technically, I guess it's the Open Handset Alliance that is in control of Android, although Google's the main player in the Open Handset Alliance. But I'm surprised that they're going after the vendors rather than going after the alliance itself. I mean, from a money perspective, I guess if you're looking for license fees, maybe maybe that makes more sense. But I, I don't know. It seems a little backwards to me. Mm, yeah. Well, focusing on Android and and it, it's better to take on someone's kid than take on the parent. Mm-hmm. So it's an easier target. It's uh, it's going to be a focused investigation. 
uh, without getting into um, into a lot of overhead with dealing with a company that does so much more than just phones. So for for Motorola, it's a very focused, narrow batch that they have to work with, which is going to make it easier for the lawyers. Yeah. Well, speaking of Microsoft and strange decisions, apparently it's decided to close its li- its blogging platform and migrate all of its users to WordPress.com. Yeah, uh, very interesting. That um, they're basically uh, handing over the reins of all their customers uh, for a platform that they're really behind, which is their own, to a competitor. Um, it actually makes me feel good. Um, because that's probably the right things, right thing to do for their customers is to migrate them over to WordPress. Yeah, I think it's kind of a cool idea. It's going to certainly give a lot more power to the their blogging users, just because there's such a huge community around WordPress and all the thousands and thousands of plugins and themes and all kinds of stuff that it's going to give them a lot more freedom now. But at the same time, for Microsoft to just give up 30 million customers seems a little crazy. Yeah, but it also shows that they're willing to work with third-party vendors. Like we talked about Windows Phone 7. When that comes out, it's going to have Facebook integration. And when the connector came out for uh, Office uh, 2010, uh, had LinkedIn support. Um, and we talked about uh, all the other social connectors that were in the Microsoft Live Essentials 2011. Um, it shows that more integration with other companies is a good thing, and they're they're bringing down that wall and uh, wanting to work with other groups. And uh, a lot of people love WordPress, and um, I think most people will be happy about this migration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of WordPress, I've been having kind of some WordPress issues of my own today. Um, for those that tried to get on pretty much any of my sites, any of my sites, Global Geek News, PCNerd37.com, um, some of my essentially dead sites like GeekNewsDaily.com, which an old podcast for those who were around a year and a half, two years ago, whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, apparently, I was, I guess all the WordPress installs that I'm running on my hosting account was using up more than... 20% of the CPU on my host's machine or whatever. So they started throttling and making all the sites really slow. So, yeah, WordPress has some issues that it needs to work out, apparently, because I guess it uses up too much resources. But Okay, so you're hosting your own, then, basically. Yeah, I'm using... I have HostMonster as my host, and apparently... From the way their technical support guy explained it to me this morning, was that if any, essentially each per user's account is its own process on on the CPU, and if any process exceeds twenty percent of the CPU per CPU minute, it gets throttled back and everything becomes really slow. So, and apparently, I guess part of the issue is the fact that I'm running half dozen WordPress installs on the account and I guess like each install of WordPress has all kinds of overhead and stuff and it just causes a lot more issues than it's worth at least at least with my particular host host monster of course is like
sucky. But it's cheaper than alternatives like Squarespace and stuff, and I have a lot more freedom when I'm sticking with WordPress and stuff, so at least for the next 410 days, which is as long as my hosting account lasts, that's what I'm sticking with, no matter how much they suck. Right, but people shouldn't see that with WordPress.com, but also um, they don't have the options of adding plugins and so on and so forth. You can add some plugins with WordPress.com. There's some things that won't work with, and... Last I knew, I'm not sure if you can do your own domain name on WordPress.com. I think it's all subdomains, isn't it? I think you can, you can do your own domain names. Really? I could be wrong, um, but hmm. um, but I believe they do support vanity URLs. Oh, I might have to look into that a little bit more then, because that because free is always better than paying. Oh, I think I'm paying like six bucks a month or or something like that. Anyway, yeah, 30 million users now going uh, that are getting to upgrade to WordPress. Apparently, you have six months to migrate to WordPress, WordPress.com or export your data so that way you can take it to, oh, I don't know, Squarespace or whatever. Yeah, so. and, pr- and there's a possibility you could lose your data if you don't migrate over. Um, they, they they might have an option to to migrate later, but it's not guaranteed. So if you don't know what you're going to do, you should go ahead and uh, go ahead and get your data now. Yeah, I, I, if it was me, I would get an export of all my data, have uh, one separate copy of it just in case, and then take everything else over to WordPress. And WordPress in and of itself will usually export pretty easily to other blogging services if WordPress isn't what you want. So if you want to go to Blogger or um, Drupal or Squarespace or whatever, usually migration isn't too painful. I I don't know. One of the things that would kind of worry me about this whole transition is for um, having ac- actual files in certain locations. Like if you are if you have images uploaded to a certain location and then you switch over to WordPress, which maybe stores images in another location, is that going to screw up references to the images in like blog posts and stuff? That, that, that's one of the things that I would be worried about personally. Yeah. The good thing is that Microsoft is behind this, so um, they know how their data is structured, and they should make sure they should help with the import, make sure it goes as smooth as possible. Yeah. Well, speaking of things going smoothly, apparently things are kind of smooth sailing for the Commercial Advertisement Loudness Mitigation Act that seems to be sailing through Congress. Also known as Calm, um, what it's trying to fight is loud commercials, or commercials that seem to be extremely louder than the content that surrounds it. I've had this problem, and I actually thought that we already had this law in the books about having uh, content terribly too loud, Um, but uh, apparently we don't, and it's passed the House and passed the Senate, and now it's going to be going to be compromised on the differences, and then uh, up to Obama to sign. Yeah, I believe there is a law regulating 
the just how loud the TV shows can be, I believe, but there's never been anything as far as the commercials. That's why a lot of times you could be sitting here watching your TV show and it'll be at a certain volume level, and not, then all of a sudden the commercial comes on and it's like ten notches above what you were watching the TV at, as to where you have to immediately scramble for the remote and try and hit the mute button or turn it down or whatever. It's basically their way of shocking you into paying attention to the ad. What I understood was that there was a law on the book saying that the commercials could not be louder than the shows, meaning that it uh, this proposition, uh, the Calm Act, uh, talks about an average volume, but I think the law in the book currently is uh, that it the commercial could not be louder than the program, which is uh, over the course of the entire program, if there's an explosion and it peaks up mm-hmm. at any one point, that highest peak is what the commercial could be. And most yeah. people are, are, are using that. Yeah, there is no law about that on the books. That's just what everybody's been pushing for as far as uh. a law goes for several years now. Um, this... And this act doesn't necessarily regulate that in and of itself. This act basically says, hey, FCC, you have the power to regulate this, so do something about it. Okay. That, that's, ba- that's basically all this does is give the FCC the power to regulate it. Up until now, the FCC has basically pointed the finger at the TV networks and said, blame them. Right. And with the advent of Web TV and Apple TV and Google TV and all this other stuff, I wonder if it'll extend out to those, too. I would hope so. I, I would like to see a case where pre-roll ads on YouTube or something like that are no louder than the actual content. Yeah, but, so good deal. But then again, I don't, I don't think the FCC has jurisdiction over that kind of stuff, so I'm going to go with no. Yeah, but hopefully it'll set a nice rule of thumb so people like Google will just uh, call it a standard and try to enact those uh, proactively. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this law for a very long time, so I'm very happy that it seems to finally be coming through. Although I'm kind of curious to see just how quickly the FCC gets on the ball and actually says, okay, here's the new regulations as far as volume levels for commercials. Mm. But yeah. Speaking of new laws, apparently California has a new law outlawing maliciously impersonating another person online. Which is kind of reminds me of the Can Spam Act. I don't see how they can to- they can enforce this. Um, I-, I-, I understand where it's coming from, but a law is not the way um, it's not the way to, to try to keep people from impersonating other people. I, I think in some ways uh, this law can actually hurt more than it can help. Um, but I haven't heard your stance on this one. What, what do you think about this law? Yeah, I'm going to go with an I don't like it just because it's always fun to impersonate somebody in a chat room, Just especially when you know they're in the chat room, just to give them a hard time. Yeah, but... What if you you're 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 Jeremy Bray, but you use the handle PC Nerd thirty seven? PC Nerd, you're not PC Nerd thirty seven. Are you impersonating someone else? As far as I know, I'm the only one who's ever used that name. 
That is my personal brand. That's your personal brand, but it's not you. Actually, I, there's been on a number of occasions when I've actually thought of legally changing my name to that. <laughs> yep. But Although until I, that day I'm comes, I'm not real sure that you can have 37 in your name. Right. And what if you what if you switch to Android only and you don't use a PC anymore? Well, technically, that sounds like you're Android is Linux. Android is, and Linux does meet the qualifications of PC. So okay, okay. all right, go back. Let's say you're you're <laughs> you're not 37. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Well. Yeah, I don't know. This is an interesting little law. Of course, this all comes out of the whole um, MySpace mom thing where the mom impersonated a boy to bully a girl and the girl committed suicide. This was, of course, big news. What was that, two years ago or whatever? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Well, that's basically kind of where this come this whole law comes from. And I don't know. I, I, I think that... I've got a feeling that this is probably going to be one of those things that gets easily abused or isn't going to be enforced most of the time. Because, I mean, if you're impersonating somebody, hopefully you're smart enough to use proxies and stuff like that so you can't be tracked back anyway. But, yeah, I, I just don't see this really having much of an effect. Apparently it carries the penalties of a $1,000 fine and up to a year in jail. But, really... What kind of damage are you really going to do impersonating somebody that's really going to be worth a year in jail? That, that, that seems to be a little overkill, in my opinion. Although they also cite some things where supposedly a bunch of some supposed friends of some kid created like a Facebook page for him that portrayed him as a sexually obscene racist and they were able to get hundreds of friends on the account, which apparently this kid thinks is why he wasn't able to get into the colleges he wanted because it turned off the recruiters. Yeah, but that's a civil suit. That shouldn't that shouldn't be a criminal suit. Yeah, so you can sue for that. I mean, but I don't think it should be against the law. I mean, what about fake Steve Jobs? Because mm-hmm. uh, it has the word "fake" in there. I guess it makes it that that's close. But you know, there's a BP. Uh, Twitter account, um, mm-hmm. and plus that's a little bit against free speech because what if you're doing it uh, to make fun of someone? Um, I think. Yeah, I've uh, done that. Par- parody is covered under under um, like copyright and uh, free speech. So uh, this is something that's just they should just make saying, "Hey, if you're <laughs> if you're acting like someone else." And not saying online, but um, if if you're intentionally trying to uh, cause harm, or, or I mean, don't make it for the internet. Make it make it so, you know. Don't. I mean, I've said this before. I'll say it again. It's hard to legislate stupid, and when people do something stupid, uh, it's hard to pass laws against against that. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never done anything malicious per se, as far as um, impersonating some people online there's a story i've told i don't think i've ever told it here on the show but a lot of people know it because i've told it so many times on the internet and to friends and whatnot but years ago there was a chat an irc chat room that i used to hang out with in and in this chat room which was basically for the command and conquer gaming community well 
the website that ran the chat room also had its own shoutcast radio station. So there one of the me and one of the mods in the channel were always butting heads as to where I'd always make fun of him or something and he'd always kick me or ban me or whatever. Well, one day he decided to I don't remember if it was he kicked me or banned me, one of the two. Well, when he did that with the Shoutcast radio station that they had, pretty much anybody could jump on at any time, assuming nobody else was on, and basically take control of the station, play whatever music they wanted to play for everybody else and whatever. Well, as soon as that become became available as to where there was no DJ, I guess was the term that they were using, I jumped on, posted and changed my name to his name, as to where everybody thought it was him playing it, and I played Mbop for like 24 hours straight. Which everybody else thought was quite entertaining, although he didn't care for it too much. But that was the worst thing I've ever done, as far as something like this goes. But I, I would hate to see myself land in jail just because I got in on, on a shoutcast radio station impersonating somebody else and playing Mbop for 24 hours. And I think in some states, Hanson is a crime. Um, so <laughs> luckily, you don't travel uh, into those states, and I think they'll arrest you at the border. But <laughs> yeah, If I didn't go to a football game on Friday, I was actually going to go to the Hanson concert up in Boulder. I'm kind of still a little sad about that. But yeah. yeah. Good shows if you ever get a chance to go see them. Anyway... Uh, next story, because we're running low on time here. While you're traveling to those shows, hopefully you won't be texting while you're driving, because that's extremely dangerous. Uh, Maybe not as much as you might think. Maybe not texting while driving might be actually safer, or at least according to a new study. Apparently, there's a new study out saying that all of these bans on texting while driving might actually be increasing accidents and apparently show absolutely no impact as far as decreasing the number of accidents. Once again, you can't legislate stupid or people who are determined to do whatever they want. Um, So moving your phone from steering wheel level where people were texting while driving so they can quickly uh, see out of the peripheral of their eye uh, if a car is coming or something they need to act on now are putting the phone down below the steering wheel level, causing them to have longer time uh, without eye contact to what's going on in front of them. And uh, 75% of the cities that they uh, tracked in the study had worse crime, uh, worse accident rates because, uh, or after this law passed. The thing is, we have one of these laws around here that got enacted... um... I think it went into effect in July, I believe. First of June, first of July, something like that. I think it was July 1st. But one of the things the cops around here said, it's like, and even weeks and weeks after the law went into effect, like the newspaper came and did an article saying, uh, nobody's been given a, a ticket for any of this kind of stuff. Well, they also interviewed the officers and said, it's like, well, we can't really say for sure whether somebody was texting or dialing a phone number or just browsing the internet or whatever. Because the way the law is written, it has to be some kind of textual entries, whether it's texting, typing an email, typing a Twitter, whatever. So 
if all you're doing is hitting a couple of buttons to check in on Foursquare, they can't really tell the difference unless they see like both hands furiously typing away on your phone. So it's not something that they can really know for sure to actually give tickets. So and, and yeah, if the cop actually sees you texting and mm-hmm. sees the text message and you're sent the te- and you send the text message and they see everything. Mm-hmm. Like they're right next to you on their on their uh, motorcycles and they see the whole thing and they pull you over, they give you a ticket. How are they supposed to defend that ticket in court? So the person mm-hmm. can show saying I wasn't texting. What are they going to do? Sub- subpoena your 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 telephone records? I mean, they're not going to go through that much trouble. And then at that point, it's going to be your words against your word against theirs, and they're going to not be able to defend themselves. So it's probably going to be dropped at that point. Yeah, and I think around here it's like a seventy-five dollar fine or something like that. I think. And I don't know. I I don't see it as I don't see texting as too big of an issue around here. There's a lot of people that. Apparently they can't walk and chew gum at the same time because they can't drive and talk on their phones at the same time. But working at a salvage yard, I see it all the time. Uh-huh. People getting in accidents from um, talking on their cell phones or somebody else was talking on their cell phones. Once in a while, I'll see somebody that was... It, it's a case of texting, but it seems to be pretty rare around here. At least as far as actual accidents go that I've seen I I, I would say it's a pretty small percentage of the accidents that we get in are texting related but in in most cases it's a lot of times there's somebody else in the car and that's a distraction a whole lot more than a cell phone would be that that's the people that are around here that drive are terrible drivers anyway but yeah apparently Texting while driving bans don't work. I don't. I don't know. It's like this study says they don't work. The whatever transportation security or the transportation secretary Ray LaHood said it's like uh, yeah they do work. These are just misleading studies. We have studies of our own that say something different. Yeah, they're probably surveys saying hey if you knew you can get a ticket for texting while you're driving would you would you stop? And people would say yes, I would stop. Um, but the, if there's no enforcement, then there's, there's, it's just like jaywalking at that point. Yeah, it's illegal, but people will do it anyway. Yeah. I don't think I've ever personally seen a jaywalking ticket ever handed out, but stuff like that's pretty common around here. Yeah. It's pretty much... Around here, it's pretty much like, if you see somebody crossing the street, if you hit them, you hit them. It's their own dumb fault, because they were jaywalking. Mm-hmm. It's like nobody seems to really care until somebody gets hit. But anyway, speaking of law enforcement, the FBI wants to have encryption backdoors in everything that has encryption. Which is interesting and stupid. Um, was it was it last week or two weeks ago or so that the encryption schemes for, um, was it HDMI yeah. was cracked? So, so so keys, without them being publicly available, eventually get cracked and leaked out anyway, and then you have to come up with new schemes. And well, that, with, the, with the HDMI, it was never actually cracked. It was somebody leaked the key. So presumably somebody at one of these hardware manufacturers, or in this case it sounds like maybe an employee or ex-employee at Intel probably leaked it. 
Because right. I, I believe Intel is the one that came up with HDMI, the HDMI encryption, or no, HDCP or whatever. HDCP, you're right, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the actual protocol. HDMI, of course, is the cable. But they're, they're the ones that came up with the standard. They basically said, okay, this is what the standard is. Here's the keys. That, that was pretty much their involvement of it. So since they were the one with the master key, I'm guessing it got leaked from them. But it wasn't cracked. It was just leaked. Right, and if there's master keys and backdoors to everything, then that means someone had to put it in, and someone probably knows about it, and that, and it's a higher chance for those to even be leaked out. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge problem, and especially if we're talking about, technic- you know, uh, kind of like a in an area of where technical expertise is praised, people might say, hey, you know, I got the keys of this, and I can read your email and all that stuff, just like that Google engineer. Um, that was reading people's private information and unblocking himself from other people's uh, chat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a huge opportunity for people to exploit the system at that point. Yeah. Well, something like this, a lot of these, the encryption that these technologies are built around RSA and whatnot, they've been built so that they're can't be any backdoors in them because if you build backdoors in them they're going to be exploited i don't i don't remember which piece of software it was it seems like it was something from sony or something like that where they had some kind of a backdoor built into it oh the root kit uh could be yeah and in turn hackers eventually found out about it and then exploited it as to where they had access to everything. So for the FBI to want that and everything, that's kind of stupid. Not to mention, you'd essentially have to redo encryption on every device, every single platform. We're, co- we're talking about a cost of hundreds of billions of dollars to make these kind of changes. And basically, every everything would be obsolete that uses these kinds of encryptions that we have now, whether it's like computers, your PSP, your iPhone, whatever. Yeah, and uh, even that's even working in your own software uh, for your own personal use. They they want it. They want keys for that. And every time something would have to be changed, like let's say there's an algorithm to make it more efficient, and so you have to change some compression or something like that. And that means that there's a different backdoor. Then you have to coordinate with all. Uh, these security agencies to make sure those are available to them before you can roll out an update. Uh, and uh, if you thought Apple was bad, think about the government when you talk about bureaucracy, about trying to get something passed and put through the system. Yeah, basically this is all under the whole guise of national security, which we all know, or well, most of us, at least those of us that listen to No Agenda know just how big of a fraud that is. But yeah, this is basically their way of saying, oh, hey, we want all your information, whether you want us to have it or not, and I don't see how this, I don't even see how they could even do this, I mean, it's just not technically feasible to do all this stuff, and hopefully it won't pass, because basically anybody who makes anything that uses any kind of encryption is going to have to come up, basically redo everything and come up with some kind of a standard that still has this back door in it. Because all this encryption that you have for things like when you're browsing your 
bank's website or whatever, mm-hmm. that's all based on a specific encryption standard. If something like this goes through, all hell's going to break loose, there will be no standard, and it's just going to be one gigantic nightmare. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Once again, it's like the previous law. I understand what they're trying to do, but I don't think they understand the ramifications. Well, the dumb thing is, they say that they have. That they're saying, well, terrorists could be using Skype's encrypted communications. They could be using encrypted email or whatever to communicate. They have absolutely no evidence to say that they are using it. They have or anything. They're just saying that eventually they could be moving to that, so we need to have back doors into these programs so we can read their stuff before they start to move there. What percentage are they saying that the people are using that? I mean, they, I mean they that, have that, no information on it whatsoever. It's just kind of a, oh, hey, they could use that, so we want to have a back door there just in case they do. Yeah, so they want to read everyone's communication just because a small fraction of people could possibly be using it for nefarious purposes. Yeah, if anybody wants to know more about this, I recommend checking out last week's Security Now podcast where they really go in-depth with this kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah, we're kind of out of time, We're, but we still have one more story to go, so moving quickly on to that. Apparently EA has chickened out and is pulling the Taliban from the new Medal of Honor multiplayer. And when they say pulling Taliban, they're just pulling the word Taliban. The game is actually not changing. It's just uh, the labeling of the opposing force is now uh, is no longer called Taliban. Yeah, this is absolutely insane. Basically, if I remember right, this all kind of started with one lady going to some news outlet saying, oh, how offensive this is that somebody that they're that you can play as the Taliban and kill U.S. soldiers in this game or whatever. It's like... You could do that in the previous game. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, okay, and you essentially can't do that in what other games? I mean, pretty much every modern first-person shooter, yeah. whether it's a Call of Duty or whatever, that your modern U.S. forces and you're against somebody else, which pretty much anymore, they've got them all wrapped up in Arab clothing and everything, so you pretty much know that you're talking about like the Taliban or Iraqis or Al-Qaeda or whatever. It's just none of them have ever actually came out and said it until now. So why this is such a big deal now, I don't understand. Yeah, and um, if the possible uh, scenario of a U.S. soldier dying... um, because it's a video game, um, that means that it's and people think it's entertainment. That means that all forms of entertainment that shows soldiers dying need to be banned too. So, uh, Hurt Locker needs to be taken off the shelves and uh, not be able to even be made in this day and and and, and age. Uh, like Jarheads, all these movies that came out that depict soldiers possibly being wounded or or killed in the line of duty. They, they would have to be removed and not even be made according to um, the stance of removing Taliban um, would, or, or this being restricted to who can buy it and where it's available. Um, 
So it, let the market decide if this is over the line, not not Congress or a, one single protester. Yeah, well, the one of the local news stations, and I've kind of seen this on news coverage about this kind of all over, but one of the local news stations last week, and it pissed me off, and I let them know about it too on both their Facebook page, their Twitter page, pretty much everything else. Um, they covered this as far as they went around talking to these women that I'm sure probably have never played a video game in their life and and asking them what they think of this. Of course, these the people that they asked have no clue that there's been games like um, Modern Warfare where essentially that's pretty much the exact same thing or anything else. It's like, and they don't bother to ask any gamers or anybody. They... They just go and ask these people, oh, how horrible do you think this is? And just the way they do it, it was completely one-sided. They had no comments from any gamers or anything about people that might actually know something about this. And and they ended up getting one of the... Oh, I don't think he's a... He's not a congressman in the state anymore. I think he earned... No, maybe it was one of the um, state senators or representatives or something to basically write whatever retail association that is that a lot of businesses in the state are um, a part of to say, oh, hey, you should boycott this game. You shouldn't sell this game, whatever. It's like, okay, maybe if you told both sides of the station or the story, I mean, and then maybe let this politician, who clearly knows nothing that he's talking about, um, say something like that. That would be one thing. But to have your completely one-sided coverage and then have him write these this letter or whatever to the organization saying, oh, hey, you should ban this. No, that doesn't... That's just stupid. I agree. I think on this story we're completely agreed um, that the notion of well, I mean, we've talked about this that people are, just don't understand video games because it is a regular, um, relatively new medium um, with, with that our generation grew up with. Um, just usually, that's where you're hearing all this oppos- opposing views or people who are um, right before our generation. Yeah, that's one of the things that I hate about our government is everybody it's like the politicians always want to meddle in the stuff that they don't have any understanding of whatsoever. It's like, okay, why don't we set up some kind of a system where we elect people that actually know what they're talking about and have them regulate things. So people from the video game industry regulate video games. People from the alcohol industry regulate alcohol. Something like that. That's where we get people who know what they're doing running things instead of having these lawmakers just listen to these lobbyists and write all these bills with horrible ramifications they have no clue of and then we end up getting stuck with stupid things like the DMCA yeah Uh, well lobbyists have money and that's usually that steers the direction too speaking of which um, supposedly ACTA is pretty much all finalized 
I think there's still some minor wording details, but I saw a post, I think it was yesterday, saying that ACTA is, for all intents and purposes, done. So now it has to go around to X number of countries and be accepted by them. I, and I think it's like once it's accepted by like four or five countries or something like that, it applies to all the countries that were in the negotiations or something insane like that. So, yeah, I've got a feeling that that's not going to turn out in the best possible way, but I, I don't know. With as much as the EU seems not to care for ACTA, there's still hope. Yeah, it's a secret treaty, so we'll find out. And uh, the good thing is there should be enough outrage if it is uh, to the point where it's too overly restrictive. I, I'm I'm actually not terribly too worried about it since it's gotten as much press as it has in the past. Well, since they've taken out a lot of things like three strikes and stuff, I'm not as worried about it because in a lot of ways it's not really all that much worse than the DMCA. So, yeah. I don't know. I'll still pirate anything I want to, so... I won't be changing my habits any, if anything... Maybe I'll just change a couple of security measures for my the way I obtain content and share content, but it's not going to have too much of an effect for me as far as I'm concerned. That's all that they ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, that would be the last of our stories, which is a good thing, because we're about ten minutes overdue. So um, don't forget, you can check out all of the stories for all the details that we didn't get to in the show notes at globalgeeknews.com uh, of course that's where you can also go um, there's links to the Global Geek News store where you can buy t-shirts you can buy buttons, you can buy hats you can buy coffee mugs you name it, there's all kinds of Global Geek News merchandise you can pick up there which is a wonderful way to support the show, because of course we get a small cut of the sale of those plus you going around wearing a Global Geek News shirt helps get our name out there, which is always a wonderful thing. And the strange thing that I've found is that whenever I wear a shirt that has something to do with a podcast, whether it's like No Agenda, Cranky Geeks, or I should say the now dead Cranky Geeks, I always get the most people asking about those shirts. I don't know what it is, but just something to keep in mind. And, of course, if you want to support the show, there's always the $5 monthly donations as well as the one-time donations. So if you want to just give us a 1000 bucks right off, that's cool with us. Uh, and, of course, anything over any don one-time donations over $100 will get you a free Global Geek News t-shirt. But don't forget to check out all the cool content on Global Geek News during the week, especially the tips of the week on Friday, or Fridays, I should say. And if you have any feedback about the show about anything we post of course you can always leave stuff in the comments or you can always write us at globalgeeknews at gmail.com or you can get a hold of us on twitter i am at pcnerd37 as well as at globalgeeknews and you can also get a hold of wesley who's at wesley83 on twitter and you do have wesley83.com right no wesleyfaulkner.com ah wesleyfaulkner.com so that would be your blog, correct? Yes, that's it. That's my blog. And that's where everybody should go to find all stuff that you talk about, which yeah. tends to be some pretty cool stuff. 
And if you look further enough, I mean, far enough, you go through uh, some old enough posts, you'll see the nude shots that I took. I don't know if I want to go that far back. Hey, well, that's a little bit of a blog roulette then. Yeah, we'll we'll leave that for the ladies. (laughs) But anyway, I guess that's pretty much it for this week's show. And I'm sure we will be back next week, so we'll see you guys then. Later. Later.